Bits and Pieces podcast. I am John Trendup. I am Anthony Abbott. <laughs> a little impromptu uh, opening here. Uh, hope everything is well with you. It's been a little while since we've been able to get together and do this, but uh, here we are nonetheless doing it anyway. Yes. We're catching up a little bit. Um, yeah. Lots going on. Big news today. Yeah. We, we like to catch up on a few things that already happened, but we kind of can't skip over, like, as we're recording this, what just hit only a couple of hours ago. Uh, yeah. Nintendo's, uh, well, I guess he's the president of Nintendo of America. Yeah. Reggie fils is retiring this year in April. April. And the news came out of nowhere. I blame Jeff Dixon. And Damn it, Jeff. <laughs> see what you did? See what you did, you slacker. You don't show up, Jeff, and Reggie retires. Yeah. There's yeah. a direct correlation. A- absolutely. Obviously. No one can convince me of otherwise. All I know is we had Reggie when Obama was president. <laughs> that's all I know. That's that's all I know. To be fair, we also had him when W was president. See? So yeah, that's all I'm saying. There's a correlation there somewhere. Yeah, yeah, Jeff. <laughs> yeah, Jeff. Uh, <clears throat> Reggie uh, was definitely one of the most recognizable figures in the video game industry. Yeah. Like, you see him, and you know exactly who he is. Well, so much so that he was known just by the name Reggie. Yeah. Even when, today on Twitter, when hashtag Reggie was trending, I was like, I wonder if that's... And then you saw Nintendo also was trending, and I clicked on hashtag Reggie, it was all about him. Yeah. The guy's become so famous, he's, like, his first name, uh, people say Reggie in the gaming world, they know you're talking about him. Mm Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And... I don't know if it's ending on a high note or if it's unfortunate that the last public appearance I remember seeing him in was at the video game awards with the dude from Microsoft and the dude from Sony. Yeah. And that was a super cool moment to see all three of them together, all three heads of their respective companies in America. Mm -hmm. I don't know who the other two guys are. I've heard their names. When I hear them, I know it. Uh... But that goes to show you how big of a figure Reggie is in the industry, and he always will be for people of our age. And because he's kind of become a meme with the whole my body is ready, and he's kind of put himself out there in a way that most heads of a company wouldn't. He's fun. He is. He's like, he's human. I mean, like a lot of times when he had like a new product announcement or whatever, you know, you'd see him playing the game or mm-hmm. having a Mario head on. Like, he's he was a guy in a suit. He was very professional, but he also was really, like, still lighthearted. Yeah. Like, the guy seemed like he really liked what he was doing, but he was also doing his job. Like, mm-hmm. he was professional and fun at the same time. One of my favorite things, two things that I can really think of off the top of my head that were my favorites. One was when... He was what was it, Reggie Bot or whatever? In, yeah, and <laughs> that was funny. And then the other one was when they announced the Nintendo World Championships a few years ago, and it shows him playing all the games. And he's he's got the the exercise outfit on with the little sweatband, and he's doing the power pad. He runs for just a second, then he looks around, and he gets on his hands and knees, and starts slapping <laughs> it with his hands because that's what we did when we were kids. Yeah, and seeing little things like that made him a very endearing figure. Yeah. And it's so sad to see him go, but again, he kind of went out on top. 
yeah. in that moment at the video game awards. I mean, he is going to be beloved forever. Well, and Nintendo is in a really good place right now. The Switch yeah. is really popular. Like a lot of things they're doing are going very well. Mm-hmm. But the funniest thing was today on Twitter, the trending things that relate to this were Reggie, Nintendo of America, and Bowser. And I didn't yes. know. I didn't know why Bowser was trending. <laughs> I thought there was a game announcement I missed, but when I clicked on that, the guy who's replacing Reggie as the next Nintendo president of America is a guy named Doug Bowser. Yeah, for real. I and mean, you can't write this. No. Doug Bowser is, is the guy who's going to be the president now. Yeah. So everyone, the, the memes of Bowser's not running Nintendo just exploded on uh, And one of my favorite things with all of that was the correlations of these other quote-unquote villains running other companies. Like, I think uh, one of them was uh, the new president of Activision is, like, Steve Lootboxer. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then uh, uh, I'm trying to remember some of the other ones that cracked me up of, you know, these new villainous heads of these other companies yeah. of, like, the things that kind of took them down or that they're a little notorious for. That's the Steve Lootbox. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, Reggie was one of those guys, every time there was, like, an announcement or a press event, you know, you'd expect to see him. Mm-hmm. And, I don't know, just something fun about the guy. And, like, you always enjoyed his presentations. Yeah. A lot of guys, like, at E3 or when they, when they had presentations were clearly... Uh, businessmen, and that's what they were, and they seemed so serious, so very stiff, and it was like, you know, whatever, you couldn't wait for them to get off the stage. Then there were the other guys who were like the programmers, who also were clearly like, we program and do stuff, but we're also not used to being in front of an audience. Mm-hmm. Reggie was a good hybrid of both. He was this businessman who was great with talking to like the audience, and when people made memes of him, he had a great sense of humor about it and played with it. And yeah. He just said in his speech today... My body was ready. Like, he even uh, makes fun of this fact that he's a meme. Yeah. He embraced it. It was pretty cool. Uh, another thing that uh, I kind of hope is come April, when he does step down, I hope he makes one more video. Yes. I mean, it would be so hilarious if, you know, he's leaving his office, he's got his... You know, stereotypical box of box his of personal stuff, stuff <laughs> that he's carrying out, and then here comes Doug Bowser, or you know, Doug Bowser just kind of coming into frame, but he's dressed as Bowser, yeah. <laughs> and he's just kind of sad, looking sad and disheveled. Like, is this really necessary? <laughs> you know, Reggie saying, "Well, until I leave this building, I'm still the president." And damn it, you're gonna, you know, almost like a Vince McMahon kind of thing. You know, damn it, you're gonna dress the way I want you to. I want them to add Reggie to Smash Brothers. Oh my God! Like, if there's, there's a Reggie. There's already uh, like 80 characters in the game. Why not? Or you could download a Reggie Me. Yeah. To play in Smash Bros. That yeah. would be pretty cool. I would love to have Reggie official character in Smash Brothers. There's so many characters. I mean, why not? Yeah. Or at least a Reggie Amiibo. <laughs> yeah. how, how cool would that be? Yeah. Uh, he is going to be missed. It's good that he lasted through the whole time period of the Wii U. Mm-hmm. Because I know a lot of people thought... He needed to go, and Iwata needed to go. Yeah. But it's glad to... I'm glad to get to see him go out like this instead of being fired. Well, it was cool, because he even said he wants to spend more time with his wife and his family. Yeah. And his friends. It's like, I'm sure as as a a big position as that is in a company like that, Mm -hmm. he probably has hardly any time to spend with his family, because it's such a huge job. Mm -hmm. And it's really a job for a global company. 
so I'm sure he'll be really happy to, to just sit back and relax and maybe actually play some of the games now. And because he does have a Twitter, I kind of hope he gets on there and just kind of shit posts yeah. a whole bunch. Just like just talk, just talk shit on Sony and Microsoft now, just because he can. But he wouldn't do it. He seems like he just. He w- I don't think he would. Yeah. It would. It would be funny though if like. He kind of turned his account into the the Kaz uh, the Kazurai CEO. Yeah, <laughs> you ever seen the story behind this? So there's this Twitter account Kazurai, who's the head of CEO and of Sony, uh, and it's a parody account called CEO Kazurai. But it says it's a parody account. <clears throat> I don't know if you ever saw. I think Kotaku did an interview with the person that runs that account. Yeah, because he like came a out guy last in his year. Twenties was like a college student or something. Yeah, it was so funny. Uh, he posted something today. Um, I saw that. You know, this account is still dead, but I just wanted to say goodbye to uh, a, a gaming legend. And he, he said, uh, <laughs> and then the, 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 the PS production. Vita is a, the PS Vita is officially stopped production. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was... such, it's such a good account. Uh, but you know, while we're talking about Nintendo, real quick, Nintendo last week had a pretty big direct. Yes. And one of the highlights, I think, for everybody, especially for me personally, was the reveal of the Link's Awakening remaster. I've never played that game, and I got excited. It's the first Zelda game I ever played. I played the first original one on the original Game Boy. Mm-hmm. It's the first time I had ever played a Zelda game. It's the first time I had to buy a strategy guide for a game because I didn't understand like how the dungeons and how the stuff worked and. Some things I had just no idea what was going on. But I love that game so much. It is still one of my favorite games of all time to this day. Seeing the announcement of that, I thought of you immediately. Because I knew that was the first Zelda game you had played. And I thought, oh, Anthony's going to be really excited about this. And then when I got on Twitter, I saw the reaction of Brian Altano from IGN and Comedy Button fame. Yeah. It's, I think it was Max Scoville recorded his reaction to it, which was super cool to see because yeah. he's talked about Link's Awakening for years. I think it's his favorite Zelda game. It is. Yeah. It is. So to see him get that excited about it, and lots of other people too. Yeah. I know the game is already getting a bunch of hate because of the graphic style. <laughs> when I saw it, I was in my car watching it. And I was like, oh, it looks so cute. I want to play this. Yeah. I, I, that's That was my immediate thought. My immediate thought was, that looks really cool. And then when people start talking about the graphic style, I remember when Wind Waker was coming out and people complained about the graphic style of Wind Waker. I, and I'm one of those people. And I would like to say, I think personally now, that game, I think because of that graphic style, largely holds up so well today. It really does. And a lot of people now fondly look back and love Wind Waker that mm-hmm. didn't like it when it was getting announced. Yeah. I was a huge fan of Wind Waker from like the announcement to like the time it came out and played that game and loved it. Mm-hmm. And I remember thinking, y'all are crazy. This is really cool because everyone wants to dark adult Link or whatever. Yeah. You know? But I think this is one of those things people look back and go, that made sense for a game that was a Game Boy game mm-hmm. to make it look like that. Because how else are you going to do? Have like little 8-bit sprites? Yeah. Uh, because the Link's Awakening was made by the Link to the Past team. Mm-hmm. Which makes sense because it came out like a year or two after. And they worked on this game kind of like in their after hours as a secret project originally. And then they were trying to port Link to the Past to the Game Boy, but then it became something else. And like Miyamoto didn't even work on it. Yeah. But they eventually went to him and he was like, I like what you're doing, just keep going with it. And it became this whole other side game that was nothing to do with Hyrule or Gen or Zelda or anything. And uh, they put it on the Game Boy, then later on the Game Boy Color, they had like another dungeon to it. 
and since then it hasn't been released on anything but like 3ds and i am super psyched you need to get a switch i do yeah i want to play a lot of other stuff but i Really want to play this too. I I'm really excited about and this. I'm looking forward to you playing since you've never played it at all. Well, you know, and since this is coming out this year, I'm really really thinking that I need to not only play through all of the Zelda games I've never played through. I'm kind of thinking I might need to live stream it. My, my, I'm I'm tempted to start at the beginning. That would be and go. You know, here's Zelda's one, two, and three. I know these games. I've played these games. And then when you know it comes to Ocarina of Time, it's like, like with you, it's, I don't know what I'm doing. I've never played this. Yeah. Let's see how lost I can get. And that'd be really cool. <laughs> I'd love to watch it. And see, I have one, two, and three. I've never played any of them. Actually, I think I have one and three. I don't have two. You do? Do I have the second one? Is it on the Nintendo? It's on the. It's on the it on mini. The it, second one is. Yeah, and then there's the one collection of one, two. That's right, Ocarina and, Ocarina and uh, Majora's, Majora's Mask. That's right, okay. So I do have all those. And I have A Link to the Past on GBA. Mm-hmm. So I do have access to it. Uh, I'd love to watch that. That'd be cool. I, I'm thinking I might. And I, I might do the first three games on the NES and SNES minis, just because it'll be a little easier. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I have no shame. I'll save state through it and <laughs> it's because to me it's like I've, I've beaten those games I don't care yeah, yeah. It's like when I did the last gaming for guts marathon I saved stated the hell out of almost there's, everything because it was like you know I'm old I'm tired I've beaten these games I don't have time to mess around with it there's no rules to any of this no <laughs> so catching up on Nintendo stuff and I know the direct had other things in it I don't know if there's anything oh, else Tetris 99 Tetris 99 which is a battle royale Tetris where you play against a hundred other people yeah uh, and people are loving it I really want to download that and that's another game I actually think I might try to live stream at some point, yeah. just because it looks kind of fun. It sounds And cool. I just want to go in, being my dumb old man self, and be like, I don't know what I'm doing, these kids are beating me, well, I don't, get off my lawn. Since I don't have a Switch, I started playing Tetris Effect again the other day. Uh-huh. Just because I've heard so much about Tetris 99, mm-hmm. I had to play something Tetris. Uh, but it sounds pretty cool, and people like, are really into it. And it's apparently free if you have the Nintendo... Online. Online. Yeah. You just download it and play it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you should play it and let us know, or just stream yeah, it. Yeah, I, I, I absolutely will. In, in some capacity, I'm going to play it. I don't know if there's anything else from the Direct that... I mean, there's other news, but anything else in particular that There wasn't... To... God, I'm trying to remember what was on there, because I didn't write anything down about this. Um, yay... Show notes. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. Um, uh, there, there's cool stuff coming out. I'm sure we'll get more news about Metroid probably at some point. Um, hopefully at some point they'll also announce SNES games being available for Switch Online. Uh, but, yeah, that's uh, th- those were the biggest things, especially Zelda. That mm-hmm. was That was huge. Um, I think there were some, some oh, the Castlevania Amiibos and something else. Okay. Some other kind of Amiibo. Okay. Other than that, um, some other news that's actually a lot older. We haven't had a chance to get to this yet, though. No. We <laughs> we were going to record a couple weeks ago, and then uh, I got held up at the house and couldn't, uh, couldn't make it. Uh, but one of... I mean, it, it's been one of my favorite websites for a long time but it basically officially came to an end and that was uh, screw attack officially changed their youtube channel 
from Screw Attack to Death Battle. Okay. And the YouTube channel hasn't been Screw Attack for a long time. Basically mm-hmm. since Rooster Teeth bought the company a few years ago. It's it first got split into two brands. They got the Screw Attack brand and then the Game Attack brand. And Screw Attack was more it started off okay, you know, here's the top tens and the death battles. And then Game Attack was more of the... They were doing live streams. Uh, Craig uh, Smith, the founder of Screw Attack. That that was like his... Where he went to. Well, then that broke off entirely from Rooster Teeth. Mm-hmm. And it's its own thing now. And he tweeted about it a couple weeks ago when the announcement came that the YouTube channel was officially dropping the Screw Attack name. So now there's nothing online that really has anything to do with with Screw Attack. But apparently, if you go onto the Rooster Teeth website, they do have an archive of almost all of the videos that Screw Attack ever did. Oh, that's cool. They I, some of it still might be floating around on YouTube. I haven't really gone back to look, mm-hmm. but listening to some of the live streams that Craig and some of the other old Screw Attack. Uh, crew did right after it happened uh, uh, that yes it's up on the Rooster Teeth website so if you want to go back and watch any of the old video game vaults or clip of the week or the Metal Gear banner or whatever the hell kind of old things that they had on there you you can still go back and see it if it wasn't for you actually I never would have known much about Throw Attack until um, you told me about them Mm -hmm. and then later of course I started hearing more about the Death Battle stuff and didn't mm-hmm. realize it was them doing that until yeah. way, way later. Uh, yeah, so Death Battle is like the only thing I remember really looking at for them. And then now that you mentioned it, it's the first thing I thought of was Death Battle because they, they were so huge. Well, and it's funny, they were talking about how many current kind of YouTube online personalities came through Screw Attack mm-hmm. at some point in time or another. The biggest one being the Angry Video Game Nerd. Really? Started on Screw Attack. I didn't know that. Um, you can look at Gerard the Completionist, uh, Matt Pat, and Game Theory, uh, Black Nerd Comedy. Um, he was he was he was one of the because Screw Attack you, back in the day you used to encourage people to post their videos that they were working on that were video game related. Yeah, and. It was a big, big deal if you got to be featured on the Screw Attack front page. Yeah. And a lot of people got known through that. So I, rem- I remember seeing videos that the Completionist put on there and uh, and Matt Pat and Andre and um, I think the Game Chasers even had a couple videos post up on there uh, at the same time they were getting their YouTube channel started. Yeah. Uh, there was just a whole slew of things that started there and grew out of it. Peanut Butter Gamer, Pro Jared. Well, Pro Jared worked there for a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, Destin uh, from oh, IGN. Uh, Destin Garrett. Yeah, I can never remember his last name. Yeah, he started on Screw Attack. He started Hard News over there, and it's it's this kind of cool piece of internet history. When you look at everything that happened through that website. And it's kind of sad that it's officially dead now. You know, like I said, it hasn't been 
screw attack in a long time. Mm-hmm. But the fact that it's kind of officially gone uh, is... It was a little sad, and it was kind of cool to watch Craig's live stream about it and hearing some of the guys that have worked there in the last few years uh, talking about it. Yeah. So so that was cool. And I think that live stream's still up on either Game Attack's YouTube channel or it might still be archived on their Twitch page. I kind of felt like that when OneUp.com went away. Mm-hmm. OneUp.com was one of the first sites when I start following gaming sites like actively, like daily almost. Mm-hmm. You know, there's like IGN, of course, but then OneUp.com was one of the first ones I really got into. But because OneUp did a thing like what you're saying with ScrewAttack, where the uh, they had their own social part of the site, and people would write gaming blogs. Mm-hmm. But if you wrote a blog well enough, they would move like the community stuff into like the main pages. Mm-hmm. So you could have someone from like a blog community thing write a thing, or have their blog featured on the you know yeah. a lot of interaction with like the people reading. And a lot of people from One Up would go on to work at IGN and other sites and do other things. And a lot of like the podcasts and stuff I listened to were like people that started podcasting at One Up or they started with One Up and branched off to other stuff. So when One Up kind of went away, it was this weird thing of like, oh, that sucks. Because they were also part of the same company that like IGN owned, like, or it was the company that owned them and IGN, like, they owned four or five different sites. Yeah. And then sites started dropping off, like, GameSpy. And, like, they mm-hmm. all started dropping. Yeah, it all kind of got consolidated into Really into IGN. IGN. Almost. Yeah. And so at the time, like, man, it's just every site from this company. It was uh, Fox owned them at one point, but there was mm-hmm. another company. Ziff Davis. Yeah. Because Ziff Davis published magazines like EGM and mm-hmm. PlayStation Magazine and stuff like that. So I was wondering at the time, like, does this mean all these sites are going to drop away? But a lot of those people went on to work either at gaming companies or work for other places. Kind of like you're saying with ScrewAttack. Yeah. And it was weird because someone posted, on, I think, on Facebook recently, like, it's been X amount of years since 1up.com. Has yeah. Been and a lot of people were like, oh, that sucks. But then they still remember the people from those sites or in different places still doing stuff. Yeah. Yeah, most of those people are out doing something. Yeah. So, uh, you know, like, Craig went from one company to another. Yeah. Basically. And he started a whole new branch. And, you know, a lot of the guys that were either at, at Screw Attack at the time either went over with him to... Uh, uh, game attack, or they stayed on and are working with Rooster Teeth in some capacity, yeah. you know, like Chad and uh, Ben are doing the whole uh, death battle thing, plus other things going on. Nick's on another deal with Rooster Teeth. Uh, same with Sam, uh, and then other people. Uh, there was a girl that worked there for a long time named Lauren. She's working at Funimation up in Dallas. Mm. Yeah, I think she does their whole social media stuff. Um, but yeah, it's it's. I'm glad it was a thing. Mm-hmm. It screw attack was just kind of off the wall, weird, f- but fun. Yeah. It was always fun, and that was the thing they always wanted to be. And uh, I'm and I mention this all the time. I get to interview Craig. Back, That's cool though. Back in the day, and it was like 2007. Yeah, I remember when at I, that time thinking, "How did you get the interview?" Yeah, we're like, not a part of a gaming site or anything. No, it was just because we were working in radio, and I emailed him and said, "Hey, would you want to do an interview?" And we talked about it was the PS3 and the Wii had just launched. Yeah, and the PS3 sales were just dismal. Yeah, and that was one of the things we talked about was what can Sony do to turn this around. And, you know, by the end of the console's life cycle, it overtook 
the Xbox. I mean, it took them a couple years yeah. to kind of turn their ship, but they did. And, you know, at the time, it was like, I don't, I don't know how they're going to do this. Because they came they came out of such a strong PS2, and it was because of their high price of their console that it kind of hurt them at first. But they did a, you know, course correction, and by the end of it, because they came out of the PS3 era so strong, I think that's why the PS4 took hold the way it has yeah. in this generation. Uh, I think that interview is in our feed. It is, and I've, and I've reposted it a few times. In fact, the, the day the announcement came out a couple weeks ago, I reposted it. Yeah. So it's, it's, on, it's on the, the Twitter page I'll for try sure. to link it to the show notes for this episode so someone can go back and listen to yeah. it. So other than that, uh, what have you been watching or reading or playing or, or doing in your time? Well, there was the whole uh, trophy war that was going on on one of our Facebook pages that we belong to. And so I was messing around with a lot of that on PS4. So I've been doing, uh, trying to get trophies for Castlevania Symphony of the Night and Rondo of Blood. And then played some stuff on the Sega Genesis collection for PS4, and then I've also played quite a bit of the Bloodstained uh, Curse of the Moon game. That's like the old 8-bit style game. Is that the new one from... Um... Iga? Yeah. Yeah, uh, it's it's a prequel to... Uh, to Bloodstained? To, to Bloodstained Ritual of the Night. Right. It, it's called Curse of the Moon. Right. And it's Castlevania 3. And it's awesome. Two <laughs> D side scrolling. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's it's really cool. Uh, there's, I'm still get, trying to get used to some of the mechanics, mm-hmm. uh, in terms of switching between the different characters that you can pick up, because unlike Castlevania Three, where you can run into these other characters, you can only have either Trevor or one other character. Whereas in this game. You can have all four characters at the same time, but um, you can then switch between them as as you want. And each one kind of has their own strengths and weaknesses. And uh, of course, I want to play with the the girl that that has the whip, Catwoman. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> What's it called? Blood. Bloodstained Curse of the Moon. I keep wanting to call it Blood Moon. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know why. <clears throat> um, Excuse me. But that's available to download on all of the current systems and if you like old school castlevania and you want to fix it's a perfect game to pick up and they launched the trailer on uh the nintendo direct of and announced <coughs> that's coming out this summer uh but there was a new new uh, launch trailer that came out during the nintendo direct for it oh, okay. and it's there's so much of it it's like oh god this is Symphony of the Night, all over again. Yeah. And I'm sure there's going to be a lot of it that's going to be incredibly similar, but new at the same time. It looks great. I can't wait for it. Nice. I, I'm really excited for that one. Um, I've been playing some stuff on, on my Switch. I've been uh, puttering around on Octopath Traveler a little bit more the other day. Ooh, how are you liking it? Man, I've only got like 30, 40 minutes into it. I love it. It, it just I could sit and just watch, th- like the way the the whole scenery moves as you walk around, mm-hmm. because it's this, 
weird, wonderful blend of 2D, but that's got a 3D element to, like, the way you move around in the, in the backgrounds and stuff. Like, right now, uh, the, the part I'm on, you're walking in this mountain range, and, like, oh, I can go back in this little area. Oh, as I'm getting closer, there's a treasure chest kind of coming into view. It's, like, kind of fuzzy off in the distance, but the closer you get, the, the more in focus it becomes. Yeah. And... Just seeing that little bit of scaling, it's like, oh my god, I can't wait to see more of this game because it's, because I'm just such a huge nerd for retro games. It, it, and it's, it's a new SNES game. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. With uh, updated abilities that would have never been available back then. Yeah. It's it's so hard to explain. It. Uh, I'll, I'll have to bring my Switch over sometime just so you can see what it's like. In the, in the meantime, before you get a Switch eventually. It's, it's one of the games that I do want to get if I get a Switch. Just from what I've heard about it. When they did that launch trailer for the Switch two years ago, like mm-hmm. before it came out, it was like January of 2017, this was one of the things that was teased. And just seeing like the 10 seconds of it, I was like, I need a Switch so I can play this. Yeah. Like this is the game that... I mean, I was going to want one anyway, but in terms of a system seller... Oddly enough, this was the game that made me need to play this and get a Switch. I remember when they first had a full trailer announcement for the game by itself, and people were laughing at the name. Like, mm-hmm. That's a terrible name. Once the game was released, everyone was so busy playing it, they didn't care anymore. No. And then they also knew why it was called Octopath, because mm-hmm. it's eight different characters with eight different stories. Yeah. And to my knowledge, you can replay it as each character. Well, and I to think some it's degree. The, you can <clears throat> go through and pick up. Other characters along the way, and I, I'm not entirely sure exactly how it's all going to work out. Yeah. Because I've purposefully not read anything about it, because yeah. I want to experience it for myself. Yeah. So, uh, now that the Trophy War is over, I'm planning on trying to put a little bit more time into it. Yeah, while the Trophy War is going on, I was barely playing much of anything. Yeah. And if I was, it was only Kingdom Hearts 3. <laughs> how's, that, how's that been? Um, okay, I'm still early in the game. I'm seven hours in. Mm-hmm. That's seven hours considering the game's been out for almost a month at this time. Granted, it came Has it out... Has been that long? It came out on January 29th. We're recording okay. this on February 21st. I know that because that was the Friday before the weekend I was moving. Oh, yeah. So that's I literally right. got the game, played for like three hours one night, and I was like, I, well, we got to pack this up now. Yep. And then in the process of moving and everything, I haven't had time to really just sit and just play it. Mm-hmm. And as we're recording this, I'm on vacation now. Oh, buddy. So, I've got boxes of stuff in my, like, kitchen area right here now. Uh, those will be taken care of in, like, the next 24 hours. And then I'm sitting on this couch and playing a lot of Kingdom Hearts 3. Nice. A lot of it. Uh, what I've played, though, I've gone through the first Disney World, which is Hercules. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, every Disney World they've shown in trailers, there's no real spoilers as far as, like, the, the movies mm-hmm. that they have in it. But I've gotten past that to, like, the next kind of uh, town area. I love it. The combat is fun. Some people will tell you the combat is kind of insane, and they don't like it. If you've played Kingdom Hearts games before, you're used to this combat. Mm-hmm. It feels like you can just hit one or two buttons and do everything, but there's a definite rhythm to it. Mm-hmm. I love it. And they've added such crazy things. Like In other games, they had like summons that were like Simba from The Lion yeah. King or whatever. In this one, there's Disney theme park attractions. Oh my god. So you can hit a summon and literally it could be the teacups pop up. Oh my god. And they spin around and hit your enemies. I mean, <laughs> one of them is like the uh, roller coaster from Space Mountain. And you're literally on the coaster 
going around this thing around your enemies is, and you're attacking them from the roller coaster. Is Ric Flair on it going, woo? Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. I haven't unlocked them all yet. But it's so much fun every time it pops up. And you're having these giant boss fights. And I summon these things. I don't need them. I can beat the bosses without them. But I want to see them because they look mm-hmm. so cool each time. Yeah. I'm enjoying it. Um, the Kingdom Hearts story is also like infamous for being confusing. Yeah. In all fairness, it is because it's broken up between all those other games. Mm-hmm. If you've played the games and kept up, it's not that bad. I wouldn't say someone could jump into this and just enjoy it on a story basis, even though they do a lot to try to retell things and catch you up on it. But as far as like if you like Disney stuff and Final Fantasy stuff, it's a fun game. I'm into the story and every aspect of it, so I'm, I'm enjoying all of it. Since this came out, I really want to go back and play the first two games. I've got the first one. I've had Have it for years. Played I played about an hour or two of the first game. I think I got through the Alice in Wonderland level. Yeah. But is it Donald or Goofy that pissed me off so much? It was like, you aren't doing a goddamn thing I want you to, and I want you to die. Donald's supposed to be your wizard who heals you, and uh, Goofy's supposed to be your uh, knight who does defense. Uh, okay, then Donald can get fucked. <laughs> now, in all fairness, <laughs> I wish people could see the serious F-U-K-T look on your face. F-U-K-T fucked. <laughs> right up his ass. There is a thing. <laughs> not even wearing pants. It'll be easy. There is a thing in the settings where you can go into the party settings and you can adjust to have, like, Donald heal you more. Or have Goofy, like, you, you can set how much they do. I saw that, and I think I adjusted it, and then they were doing it too much. I and it was a, like, I just got hit once. Fuck off with your heal. I don't need it right now, you asshole. I had it on Donald to heal me pretty frequently, because some of the boss fights can get pretty hairy. But, yeah, it's... <laughs> I think one of the things that people that play these games, one of their, their favorite things to do is yell at Goofy and Donald, no matter what. Well, because, you know, the thing about it is... <laughs> We're so used to being able to control. <laughs> He's well, so angry right now. We're used to being able to control all your characters, and then you go into this, and they're just like, I feel like they're trying to figure out how the controls work. Yeah. The whole time I'm playing, so have you ever watched a little kid play a game and they just keep walking into the wall and yeah. like, it's like, what are what are you doing? What the fuck is wrong with you? Kingdom Hearts, when I first started playing the first game, I, I liked the fact that, at the time, I thought traditional JRPGs were boring. I thought the idea of selecting a combat thing and watching it happen on the screen was boring. I didn't want to play those games. I thought that was lame. Mm. So the action of actively running around, and when I hit a button, I hit something, and I do a physical movement, the more action-style combat I thought was really cool, plus the Disney stuff, all that appealed to me. But the battle system is weird because you're literally running around hitting stuff and scrolling a Final Fantasy menu mm-hmm. to pick items to heal and to pick things to summon. So there's a weird hybrid of both. Well, It's like a Zelda Final Fantasy combat mashup. And now that I've played through like Final Fantasy 15 and uh, through most of Final Fantasy 12, I feel like those combat styles are a little more akin to Kingdom Hearts. Yeah. So I really want to go back and try it again well, and see if yeah. I don't want to... Punch Donald in his goddamn dick. I think because you've played 15, this game has a lot of combat similar to that, mm-hmm. that rhythm of it, where it'd be easier for you to play it. Yeah. Actually, you can play all of them easier now because you're used to playing 15. Mm-hmm. So you're used to the movement of it. I think you actually would probably like it a lot more now. 
I th- I think I would. And I would highly recommend playing the first. I think the first game still is a great game story wise, especially. I, th- I think it holds up pretty well. See the uh, the thing I'm wondering is, do I want to go get one of the collections that has like one and two on PS4? And... I would because for all the games you get, it's worth the money. Yeah, I would personally. I think that's the only way you can get them honestly on PS4 is the collection. I think you can't buy them individually. Yeah, I would suggest getting one of the collections. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's one that's just straight up 1.5, 2.5, which has one and two, mm-hmm. and all of the extra stuff from the Japanese versions, like extra weapons, extra mm-hmm. cutscenes. And they have also the other uh, smaller games in between those. Oh, they okay. So you're getting like six games for the price of one regular game. Oh, okay. So I would highly recommend you get it. Okay. And they look really good. They did a good job of uh, remaking them mm-hmm. to where they don't look like the PS2 anymore. They look like they were made for PS4. Okay. So I would suggest you get it. Yeah. I think you'll like it. I, I think I'm going to need to. Um, just because I do want to play these games. Yeah. And i uh, got to give a shout out to Katie... Uh, I didn't catch her live stream mm-hmm. of when she was getting ready to play it. And, like, it's it's like the first, like, 20, 30 minutes is, like, her waiting for the game to download. Yeah. And uh, I I only pretty much, like, watched, like, as it was getting ready. And she's, you know, oh, my God. Oh, my God. It's, like, because I... Seeing how happy she was. Yeah. Waiting for the game to, to finally download yeah. or whatever. It was... It was it was fun to watch. So, uh, I think she enjoyed it based on what I've seen her talk about on Twitter. So, yeah. Uh, when, it, when it came out, everyone was streaming it, and I watched a little bit of a first hour of two two friends of mine streaming at the same time, mm-hmm. and I stopped. Yeah. I didn't want to say anything more to run it for myself. Yeah. But I streamed myself a, a chunk of the Hercules Olympus area. Oh, okay. And I did stream the one chunk where you learned this mechanic where you can jump in the air from one mm-hmm. platform to another. And it's such a tough thing to learn that for like 20 minutes, I was like, what the fuck? And I was just like, this is not what I've waited for. But once I got past that part, it was cool. Uh, and I heard a guy on the Giant Bombcast talk about it's the most difficult mechanic to learn in the game. And I was like, I'm not just bad at exactly, games. Just you. <laughs> but I'm, I'm really liking it. I feel like it was worth the wait. So, And well, it I also have... said this is the highest selling game in the franchise it's already sold something like double the number that Kingdom Hearts 2 sold in the same amount of time. Oh, wow. It's insane. Like, it's just through the roof. Well, people have had 10 years to play these games, yeah. so it doesn't surprise me yeah. that in that amount of time, that many more people have come to love the series. Yeah. And that they finally got it. Yes. Because, yeah, it's been 10 years. It's 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 the game that got me interested in the Final Fantasy series. I went backwards. Yeah. After playing Kingdom Hearts, I was more curious about Final Fantasy. Then I went to, mm-hmm. well, what are these other games now? Yeah. And a lot of people like me were Kingdom Hearts fans first, and then went, okay, now let me see what's Final Fantasy about. Mm-hmm. That's how I got interested in Final Fantasy and wanted to actually try to play them later. Yeah. So. And one thing I will say, speaking of Final Fantasy, before you play Octopath Traveler, you have to play at least a little bit of Final Fantasy VI. Because the art styles, to me, are so similar. Okay. So Because I think you'll appreciate seeing what Final Fantasy VI was mm-hmm. and then playing Octopath Traveler, it'll be like, oh, these look... There's a stylistic uh, similarity okay. between the two that immediately drew me to it. Right. Seeing it, that's what it made me think of was, oh, shit, this is this is something I like cool. Um, I know you're... You, I think your next game that you're going to try to play in the series is 9? I'm thinking 9... Um... I have nine, and I also have uh, 
I have nine, ten, and fifteen. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking nine. Nine's a good game. Yeah. Nine's a really good game. Yeah. And that's out on the Switch now too. Yeah. And I'm I'm kind of tempted to pick it up again. I've seen a lot of people playing on the Switch who are either revisiting the game, and I, I, I want to say I saw one person tweeting that never that never played it before, and they bought it on the Switch and they're, and they're just loving it. Mm-hmm. So it's like it's people are rediscovering these games, which is pretty cool. Or people like me for the first time just jumping into them. Mm-hmm. So I'm glad that some of these games do get re-released. Because yeah. people either don't have them anymore or never had a chance to play them. Mm-hmm. And so. I'll say uh, <clears throat> Vivi is just the best in Final Fantasy IX. Vivi is the Orca looking. Yes. Is it He's a black mage? black mage. Okay. Uh, That's all I know is Vivi yeah. and the, the one main character is Dane, and I don't know anything else. Mm-hmm. So, But I know people love that game. Vivi's the best. Yeah. I'm looking forward to playing it, so... Love, love to Vivi. Uh, <laughs> now you saw the Lego Movie too. I did, and it was wonderful. Uh, I saw that it didn't do that well at the box office, mm. but it was it's it's fantastic. Yeah. It is fantastic. If you like the first movie at all, you you should do yourself a favor and see this one because it's it, it hits a lot of the same beats mm. as the first one. There's a few. Uh, there's there's a little more interaction in terms of uh, the human characters, mm-hmm. uh, but it's it's a wonderful movie. I I really really enjoyed it. I want to see it. it's one of the movies in the theaters right now that I do want to try to catch. Yeah, because I remember the first one being a surprise as just to like how good it was, mm-hmm. and I wasn't surprised that they're gonna make a sequel because how well that first movie did. But I think when that movie came out in theaters, it was maybe like two or three other big movies came out the same week or something mm-hmm. like that. It came out with like other stuff. So the competition's probably been pretty like stiff for it. Yeah. I can't think of what came out with it, but I feel like there was at least one other giant Yeah, there was movie there was another big movie came. that came out. I think it was the uh, Alita Battle Angel came out, and I think that's done pretty well. It might have been that or something else. And I heard that was really good. That's another one I want to see too. Um it's got this crazy like Ghost in a Shell, Blade Runner. I don't know anything. You know, I don't know anything about the manga, but I don't either. Uh, the people that I follow on social media that have read the manga said that it follows the source material as well as just about anything they've ever seen. Yeah, and that makes me excited for it because, well, one, I didn't even know it was based off a of manga until like a week ago. Yeah, and that's the thing we've always said on here: if you're gonna do something, don't deviate from the source material. If the source material brought you there, there's no reason to try to go so far away from it that it's unrecognizable. Or if you deviate, it at least makes sense. You know, sometimes people yeah. read it and it doesn't make sense. Like, I remember when Watchmen came out, mm-hmm. the live-action Watchmen movie, a lot of people complained that the ending of the movie wasn't the same as the ending of the graphic novel. Yeah. Well, not too much spoilers for almost, like, what, 30-year-old graphic novel, but the ending of that graphic novel is really fucking strange. Yeah. And it would have made for a really strange end of the movie, with the whole thing with the fish at the end, and the, the, the giant the big, whale thing, or... The monster that was like, oh, there's this alien thing that yeah. magically appeared and the, died. The, the and book's got a weird ending. Yeah. And I think as far as the movie, they had to kind of take into consideration that we got to do something that maybe works better for the movie. Mm-hmm. But the movie was as good as the watch movie could have been. Yeah. I can't imagine making that whole story in one movie. And I'm curious to see what HBO's going to do with the series. Yeah. And I'm I feel like really with the series, they've got more time to spread stuff out, tell more of a full story, mm-hmm. and, you know, 
But yeah, so uh, yeah, I knew it was based in the manga, but I've never read it. I don't know anything about it. Yeah, but it I don't either. I I I I, I want to see it. So. Um, speaking of TV series, you've been watching the new Star Trek series, correct? Yes. Um, so I've always been a very casual Star Trek fan. Mm-hmm. I seem like I'd watched some of the original series as a kid on and off. Never watched any of the other shows. Mm-hmm. Just never had interest much in them. Uh, this Discovery show came out like uh, last year, I want to say. Season one came out. And I heard a lot of people watch it that were like really into it. Man, it's really good. It's a CBS All Access, which is like their paid app. Mm-hmm. It's not on regular TV. You pay six bucks a month to watch all the CBS programs, but like shows like this are exclusive to the app. It's like, well, I don't want to pay for another thing. So maybe I'll wait and just catch them all and see how it is. Well, there was like a one week trial thing. Hey, for one week for free, sure, I'll pop an episode or two and see how it is. And the first season is 15 episodes. The second season is currently going right now. They're on episode five of season two. Mm-hmm. I started my free trial last week and caught up <laughs> in a week. I was coming home from work, watching Star Trek Discovery every night. It's that good. I heard it's a little more adult. It's more adult. I mean, they don't really... There's not like a lot of cursing or nudity or really anything violent, but like there's maybe like one or two moments someone may say shit like mm-hmm. once every fourth episode. Yeah. It's nothing really over the okay. top. Okay. Um, it's a little more violent. I mean, but mm-hmm. there's nothing like crazy gore like The Walking Dead or anything like that. But there's maybe every now and then they may just say shit. Mm-hmm. That's the most, it really gets crazy. Yeah. Um, the thing that's different about this compared to older Star Treks, older Star Treks are this episode is this story and that's it. Yeah. This, this is, is like modern TV. Story. It's a continuous story. The Deep Space Nine got a little bit more like that, if I remember correctly. And I don't know if that was in reaction to Babylon 5 being that way. Mm-hmm. Babylon 5 was always that way. Were they concurrent when yeah. they came out? Yeah, no. and uh, there's a theory that Deep Space Nine got launched in direct response to the fact that Babylon 5 was coming out. Mm. And that, you know, here's these you know two shows about space stations. Yeah. And, you know, Deep Space Nine kind of started more like a traditional Star Trek. If, I, if I'm remembering correctly, that is, you know, here's each episode that's just kind of its own thing. But as it went along, it got to be more of a, you know, full story week by week. Right. Uh, most of Babylon 5 in the first season is kind of like that. But there's still some overarching storytelling going on. As the season builds, and then by the time you get to season two, I mean, it's pretty much, here's the story that's going on every week. So that's interesting what you said about Deep Space Nine, because before this, I was rewatching Battlestar Galactica, mm-hmm. which was this, you know, the more recent version that's really popular, was written and started by Ronald D. Moore, who was a writer on Deep Space Nine. Yeah. And people are saying a lot of Star Trek fans who watch Battlestar... <clears throat> so they can kind of see elements of stuff he learned from Star Trek mm-hmm. with the morality stuff in Battlestar and the social commentary. And so I started watching Discovery and I kept thinking it'd be like traditional Star Trek. And when the second or third episode kept going and the story continued, I'm like, oh, this is like modern TV. Mm-hmm. But it's really cool. Uh, I don't know what else to say about it except it's really good. Well, you know, it's I'm kind of like you. I don't want to pay for another app. Yeah. And... 
I do want to see this. Now, didn't the first season come out on like Hulu or Prime or something? I don't. Else? I can't remember. I sincerely don't know if this is available anywhere but on CBS's app. Okay. I, I thought I remember hearing that it was either it either was or was going to come out. It might on be for purchase. Or maybe. I think it's maybe. I think you can purchase the season. Okay. Um, but as far as like like today is a Thursday. Yeah. The new episodes come out weekly as if it were a TV show. Mm-hmm. So. Tonight on the app, there would be a new episode. New, okay. Kind of like uh, the way you have Game of Thrones, you have HBO TV mm-hmm. or watch the app. New episode will be on, and you can stream it or watch it anytime after. Yeah. So I did this week long preview thing just because I had that interest. I just was like, well, I'll watch as much as I can the week if I like it. And mm-hmm. I just burned through it. It was the only thing I watched for the past week. Nice. So. Because, yeah, I, I want to see that and I want to see the new Twilight Zone, which starts April 1st on the CBS app. And it looks really good. There's that new trailer that just dropped. Yeah. And watching it, I can't tell if this is supposed to be like the old Twilight Zone where there's each episode is its own kind of little story with a lesson and a twist. Yeah. Or is this going to be... A, like the whole season's a story. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure which one it's going to be. But I do, uh, I, I do want to see it. It looks, it looks good. I'll tell you this much: from uh, seeing Get Out and the trailer for Jordan Peele's next movie, Us, uh, he's got a great knack for sci-fi and horror that you would not have suspected watching. Kenny no, Hill. and his yeah, never his horror and sci-fi is just as strong as his comedy. So this show is going to be good. I've got. Uh, I, I I do too. I so. do too. Uh, it's just too bad that it's. <laughs> that's on the app because God, you know I, I mean I if everyone's nickel and dime with apps and stuff I get it but it's like man uh, I, for me personally if I if I were to pay for CBS Access it would be only for Discovery mm-hmm. but I do feel like that's kind of a waste for one show mm-hmm. but from what I've watched I get it I don't know how diehard Trek fans feel about the show but I know as someone who's very casual the Abrams movies, when they came out, made me go back and rewatch the old stuff. Mm-hmm. And then I started to get into Next Generation. It made me want to watch original Trek. This is the same thing. When I'm like caught up to this now, I'm like, I want to go back and watch Next Generation and stuff and Deep Space Nine. Now. Mm-hmm. It makes me want to go watch the older stuff. Do you know if the new series with Picard is supposed to be on the app? Or yeah. It is. Okay. That's also going to be on the app. Damn it. So they're building uh, their own content for the yeah. app only, which I think... I get it's it. smart. It's smart. But if they put this stuff on CBS TV, I'd be watching oh, it every week. Hell yeah. Easily. But yeah, the Picard show is going to be on the CBS app also. And I'm kind of curious to see what that's going to be like. Because yeah. I think it's supposed to be the same timeline as, like, okay, if you take the Abrams movie and Spot goes back. I think it's supposed to be that timeline, but. You know, after Spock leaves the that oh, timeline, yeah, th- yeah. because it's an old Picard. Yeah, and there's a whole name for what they call the Abrams timeline. I forgot what they call I, it. I can't but remember. But there's like some name for that specific yeah. timeline that branches. Because mm-hmm. uh, I've heard these guys talking about Discovery, and they talked about the Abrams movies and all this mm-hmm. other stuff. And I don't know. I'm again, I'm more of a Battlestar fan, but this, I'm enjoying it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not doing extra six bucks a month, but yeah. man, I got that. That week was good. I just hope that the guy that used to play Q on Next Generation comes back. I can't remember his name, 
Was but, Q the robot? No, no, that, that was Data. Q uh, was this uh, kind of omniscient, uh, omnipresent alien being that shows up in the very first episode and shows up sporadically throughout the series. Okay. Like, he'll just kind of appear in a burst of light okay. and be a nuisance and say, you know, like, humans shouldn't be out in space because you aren't, uh, you aren't ready to be out here amongst us higher intelligent beings. Okay. And uh, he, was just, he was just a great foil to Picard. I think I remember the guy you were talking about. I can see his face. He's got kind of, like, curly hair and... I'll have to Google it. Yeah. Because uh, I've watched a little bit of Next Generation. I've only watched a little bit of maybe the first season or two. Mm-hmm. And that's within the past, like, two or three years. Yeah. I've just casually been watching it, so... Yeah. But, I mean, stuff like this, um, the way I see it, because it's really well made, it makes me want to go back and watch the other stuff. Yeah. So I think it's a win for everyone. If you're a hardcore fan or not, if you know nothing about Star Trek, and do you know the timeline of this one? you know where this takes place? I don't. This one is supposed to take place right before the original series. Really? Yes. Huh. It's like, it's supposed to be the timeline of this is right before Star Trek, the original series, starts. Huh. Because I was curious. I looked up online, uh-huh. like, when does this take place? And this is supposed to be, like, before Captain Kirk's First, mission starts. Uh-huh. Is when this starts. So, they're fighting a bunch of Klingons and... There's Klingons. And the mm-hmm. Klingons, what's interesting in this, the Klingons are shown, like, you see, not like... The Klingons through the Enterprise mm-hmm. or the Discovery, the crew, you see them from the Klingon side. Mm-hmm. You see the Klingon side and the human side, both. Oh, that's cool. So they show the Klingons and they speak in Klingon with subtitles on the screen the nice. whole time. So the first time they're like, that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. They do it every time they show them. Mm-hmm. And they show how the Klingons are talking about the humans mm-hmm. and the uh, Federation. Uh-huh. It's the fucking coolest thing ever. <laughs> Oh my god, jeez, that that makes me really want to see this. Yeah. Because that's an interesting aspect that we never got to see. And you see why the Klingons are the way they are. Mm-hmm. And you understand why they do things the way they do them. Mm-hmm. So it's not just that they're these bad guys, it's like, oh no, here's the other side. Here's Yeah, here's the, you get to see their motivations, you get to see their reasonings, you get to uh, associate with them a little bit better than just they're in that ship and they're being assholes. Yeah, so when they meet up with the crew... You have seen both sides separately. So them meeting is so much more interesting. Because you don't just see just hear the Klingons run into our crew. No. You have had time with both of them individually. Matter of fact, I think the first episode starts with Klingons talking to other Klingons. I think you see them first. Hmm. And I was just sitting there going, that's interesting. And I didn't realize how much they were going to keep going back to them. It wasn't a one scene thing. They go back to them a lot. So you can see what's happening on their side. It's really cool. I, I don't know why the... Well, I kind of know why. It makes me think of the third Star Trek movie. And the, uh, uh, it was the Search for Spock. Okay. Because Christopher Lloyd plays the Klingon captain. Really? And the first half of the movie, he's they're all talking, speaking in Klingon. Okay. And then, like, at some point, he starts talking... As it, uh, he's, he's, it sounds almost more like his Reverend Jim character from Taxi. Okay. Uh, and it's a, it's just kind of weird seeing that. And especially now knowing, you know, Christopher Lloyd more from, like, Back to the Future and uh, everything else everything he's else, done. Yeah. 
it, it's a fun watch to just see him in that role. It's like, holy shit, he's a, he's a Klingon. What, yeah. the, what the hell? <laughs> I could talk about this all day, but there's yeah. a couple of things I want to get to, but we definitely talk about Star Trek more in the future. Yeah. Um, just some kind of quick news bits real quick. We did watch the Pet Cemetery trailer earlier, the newer one. Yeah. Uh, that's interesting because I remember seeing the old movie, but I don't remember much about it at all. Yeah, I just remember uh, Fred... Fred Gwynn, I think is his name, the yeah. guy that played Herman Munster, yeah. is in it. He's the old farmer, and then John Lithgow is playing that role in this movie. Yeah. Which is, I mean, I, I can watch John Lithgow do just about anything. Yes. Yeah. He, he's fantastic. I think since the It movie did so well, they're messing with all these other Stephen King properties, and we're doing them, making them truly creepy looking, and that yeah. it's cheesy. It looks like a good horror movie, so uh, I'm, I, I, I'm down for it. I want to see it. I think... That's coming out soonish, and uh, then it comes. It part two comes out later this year, if yeah. I remember correctly. So this will be another Stephen King year, yeah, of of some good movies. Because uh, the trailer for that and the trailers for like there was a new Captain Marvel, a new Endgame, and a new trailer for Shazam that all dropped. I think right Super around the Bowl. Super Bowl. Yeah, um, and this in the Pet Cemetery one was like right after. Yeah. Uh, and just getting getting hyped for all these movies because yeah, Captain Marvel comes out in like two weeks. Yeah, yeah. is the eighth early March. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then End Games in April, April the end yeah. of April, I think. Yeah, it's very and then soon. in between those is going to be Shazam, which is you know basically Captain Marvel yeah. <laughs> from DC. <laughs> yeah, the other Captain Marvel. I I want to see this. I'm excited for Shazam. It looks fun. It, it does. And it's, that's, the, it's the only DC movie that looks lighthearted. Yeah. I think since Suicide Squad, they tried to make that look kind of comedy-ish. Mm-hmm. But this looks like a true like lighthearted, fun movie. Yeah. Uh, the only thing that's weird to me is when he's in the suit. Mm-hmm. It looks like the suit's so much bigger than him. It looks like those suits you get for like Halloween where you have puffy muscles. Uh-huh. It looks like he's got it, it does kind of look like that a little bit. puffy muscles. It doesn't yeah. look like he's physically big. Yeah. But he's wearing like a puffy suit. Mm-hmm. Other than that, I think it looks pretty cool. Yeah. But it looks like a kid wearing a, a costume. And I think that or might maybe almost be on purpose. Be, yeah, maybe it's supposed to be that way. Yeah. Because every time you see Shazam in the comics and like on the animated stuff, it just looks like a buff big dude. dude. Yeah. But he looks like a kid in a suit that's too big for him. Mm-hmm. But yeah, maybe it's on purpose. Maybe because they're trying to make it more comedic. Yeah. But it looks good, though. I, I, I want to see it. I, I know there's a lot of people who are poo-pooing on it, mainly because it's a DC movie and they yeah. all suck. But, I mean, Aquaman just... How did bigger numbers than The Dark Knight? I saw Aquaman. I liked it. I thought it was a fun movie. My only complaint was a little bit too long. That's the biggest thing I've heard about it. I saw it and seen it. It's a little bit too long. I think if you took a few minutes out, I'd like it a lot more. But other than that, it was fun. Mm-hmm. It was fun. It was better than I expected. Yeah, and I mean, like I said, it just beat out The Dark Knight in terms yeah. of box office. Which is Which insane. is, who would have ever thought that? That Aquaman. Oh my God, don't say it again. It hurts me. <laughs> Don't say it. Would drown. Ah. <laughs> okay, that's who, fair who, who thought that? That's fair I didn't see that one coming. Drowning money. <laughs> yeah. he's, he's like like Uncle Scrooge. He jumped on the bend and. But speaking of uh, DC movies and Batman, yeah, no more Batfleck. No more Batfleck, which has been kind of rumored for a little bit that they weren't sure. I mean, it went from him directing the solo movie. To not directing one, to maybe not want to be Batman at all, to now he's just done. Yeah. 
And, uh, and I think that's too bad. I know I'm one of the people that shit on him when he got announced. <laughs> but I think that he he did good. He did good. He surprised me, especially how well I thought he looked in the suit. Mm-hmm. Um, but I thought he was a good Batman. But I'd rather he not continue doing it if he doesn't enjoy doing it. Yeah. Than to just keep going and like hate it. Uh, yeah. I don't know. It's a weird situation to be in. I don't know if it's coming through the microphone at all, but one of Anthony's neighbors is uh, bass playing it up right now. And yeah. So we got a little bit of a some background music yeah. going on here. It's, it's, it's definitely happening. It's the first night I've, I've heard it. I've been in here like two, three weeks yeah. now. What did, what did you think of the Endgame and Captain Marvel trailers? Endgame, I don't even call it a trailer. It just felt like such a teaser. Yeah. Because it was so short and there were so many quick clips. Yeah, I do wonder if we'll get one with Captain Marvel, like another full trailer. Yeah. Endgame, though, I'm just like, I, I'm just, just uh, I'm ready. Just yeah, give me the just movie. give it to me. Need a, I don't even want to see any scenes. Just give me the release date. Um, but it was cool. It, it was going for like the, you know, hey, we're going to come back and fight and figure this out. We're not giving up, whatever. Mm-hmm. Cool. It's fine. I honestly maybe don't want to see more than that. I, I, I agree. Just give me the movie. I agree. I know it's going to be like around three hours long. Fine. Yeah. As much stuff happened in the first part, there's a lot to figure out. Fine. I'm ready for it. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> the first movie was about maybe two and a half or I think so. so it was two and a half. But it didn't drag. No. So I'm fine with that. No, I watched it again recently and so good. Yeah. That's so good. I love it. Captain Marvel looks fun. I see a lot of people saying they think it looks bad or whatever. Look, I think it looks fun. It looks like a Marvel movie to me. It looks quality. I like the fact that it's in the 90s and I that whole too. thing and Nick Fury has both his eyes. A lot of stuff happening. Coulson's in the trailer. Yeah. It just looks like a fun movie. Well, early reviews have started coming out and every one that I've seen have all said the same thing. This is an excellent movie and it's not what you think it is. Mm. So that makes me excited to see it. I know Brie Larson said something about... This being her way to, I don't know, make a stand for women, or I can't remember what it was, and a lot of people got pissy about it online because people get pissy about stuff online. Uh, I don't care. This looks like it's gonna be a fun movie. The amount of women and little girls that put pictures on social media of when Wonder Woman came out, of them dressing like Wonder Woman and being super excited, and like Mm -hmm. theaters were like doing women only showing and like it was packed, and that's so fucking cool. I don't remember who reposted it on Twitter the other day. It might have even been yesterday. Uh, Ryan Coogler is the guy that directed Black Black Panther. Panther. He's at a gym somewhere, and this couple comes up with their little girl. Little girl's probably like five, six years old. She's dressed up like Siri. Oh, man. And... She, like, kind of shyly walks up to him, and he's like, Hi, how are you? And... Uh, the girl's just kind of like looking at him sheepishly, and they're like, you know, are you are you dressed up like Siri? Yeah, and they're like, Black Panther's her favorite movie. She watches it every day. That's the coolest shit. And it, and it was like, oh my god, that is so awesome yeah. to see that. And so, representation is huge. Yeah, it means a lot to people. People like me, who get representation all the time, we take we take it for granted. Yeah, we really do. Because seeing something like that and seeing how important that movie is to that little girl yeah. is amazing. Yeah. 
And to think that here we're going to get another movie that can be that representation for someone else. And the fact that uh, Kevin Feige and other producers in the of the Marvel Universe have been saying for a little while now, they've been teasing that Captain Marvel's the most powerful superhero in, in the, the universe. universe. So getting ready to see that, and that's going to be a woman doing it? Hell yeah, bring it on. I want to see that. Yeah. And at the end of the, end of the day, if it bothers you that there's a black or woman or whatever superhero it's like that's your issue yeah get so over what? it people freaked out before the force awakens came out because it said a black uh, guy in star wars have you never seen lando motherfucker? yeah like are you serious this mm-hmm. is a new thing <laughs> as a kid i was like there's black people in space <laughs> that's the coolest shit ever yeah. uh of course i also thought darth vader was black at first because james Earl jones did the voice yeah and like the kevin smith bit in chasing amy <laughs> When they took the mask off, I was like, who's that old white dude? I was confused as a kid, sincerely, when that mask came off. He's that is to, not a joke. He's trying to tell us that on the inside, we all want to be white. <laughs> but isn't that true? Look up Kevin Smith. Look up Chase and Amy, uh, Darth Vader speech, or Black Rage, or whatever it's called. Oh, God. That speech is so funny because it's so true. As a kid, I was like, I thought Darth Vader was a black dude like me. I thought he was a black kid with asthma like me. Yeah. Who is this old white guy? <laughs> I was so disappointed. I thought James Earl Jones was going to be in the suit. But you know the so thing. I, I, I had to hold on to Lando because I was like, Lando's all I got. At the end of the day, though, when you in Empire, when you learn, spoilers, that Luke is Darth Vader's son... It's like, well, of course he's a crusty old white man. Yeah, I know. No, but he still didn't take the mask off, so I was like, maybe he's biracial. Well, yeah. I was still thinking he could be biracial. Who knows? But here comes Lando, the smoothest dude in the galaxy, who's so cool. Han's like, I better pull my girlfriend away. Yeah. Because <laughs> this guy's going to fuck her. <laughs> just because he's cool. <laughs> so here's all this shit in the galaxy. Here comes Lando, who is just the coolest person in the galaxy. And he's a black dude. And I'm yeah. like, yes, he's not a villain or nothing. He's just cool. Yeah. <laughs> then he fucking fucks Han over, but he redeems himself. So I'm like, he redeems himself. He's still cool. <laughs> this is why I love Lando so much. He Land- was all I had. Lando for president. Yes. <laughs> he's proven himself by being able to operate the mines on Cloud City. Yes. Uh, Billy D. Williams embraces it so much. He actually tweeted like a day or two ago something like in he was in Los Angeles or somewhere. He put up this fucking tweet that says something like, uh, "Los Angeles, you clearly belong here with us I in the clouds." Like, oh, I saw that, and that it was, was just like smog or clouds or something. I was like, "This is great." <laughs> Billy D. Williams is the best. God oh, that's so good. That's so good. Uh, real quick, this is the last bit of news we have. Unfortunately, although we all kind of saw this coming. Yeah. Netflix cancels Jessica Jones and the Punisher series. Okay. Once they started canceling Marvel shows and Disney announced that they're going to have their own also subscription service app mm-hmm. with TV shows on it, not much of a surprise. Yeah. They're not going to have their own product on a competing subscription service. Netflix has not said anything about that, but I'm sure that's got a lot to do with this. Well, apparently, well, the the cancellation came through Netflix. The people at Disney didn't have anything to do with it. Right. And they were surprised. Everyone at Disney and all the actors were shocked when the cancellations started coming out. But once they did, we weren't surprised that 
okay, yeah, Punisher's going to get canceled. Jessica Jones is going to get canceled. Even though there's still a season three of Jessica Jones that's going to come out this year. Yeah. Uh, it's all too bad. Now, I think it was Jeff Loeb or someone else over at Marvel has hinted that there will be a future for these shows. Mm -hmm. Now, whether or not it's going to be on the Disney app, which I kind of doubt, I almost wonder if these are going to end up on Hulu. I doubt it because the Disney app seems like it's going to be more family-friendly, and these shows are really dark and gritty. Yeah. These shows did the stuff the movies couldn't do, with like the violence and Mm -hmm. the language and stuff, you know? Even a little bit of sex and stuff. Well, but they and can't, I can't imagine Disney would want these shows on that app with the same I, I agree. content. I agree. And if I remember correctly, Disney owns a part of Hulu. I think so, yeah. So it would make sense for these shows to go over there. Now, the caveat of that is, I don't know if I'm using the right word. Uh, well, the only problem now is that uh, there's a two-year cool-off period for these shows so they can't go onto another platform for two years yeah now that'll be end of 2020 for uh iron fist daredevil and luke cage then it'll be early 2021 for jessica jones and punisher yeah now here's something that i'm thinking about did they cancel defenders I figure you assume it's just all included because Defenders is never talked about as a season two. I think Defenders was like a the Avengers of the shows meeting up. Well, and then from there when they all branched off to like their individual thing, no one ever said anything about a season two. But here's the thing though. Unless the show officially gets cancelled, I don't think they can do a Defender like if they wanted to revisit it. And do a Defenders Season 2, they can't until Netflix officially cancels it. So it could be one of those things where Netflix maybe will hold that back and hope they forget about it and then go, Oh, no, no, you can't do that nah, just to be assholes. I figure at this point, uh, even though they haven't said it officially, it's probably kind of somehow included. Like, I, 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 you would I don't th- know. You would think. It just but feels like You know, like you know how legalities can be in loopholes when people are assholes? Yeah. You, know, you never know what's going to happen. But in all honesty, a lot of these shows past the first season, second season, eh, okay. Or for me personally, Daredevil, I liked all three seasons. I think the third's, third's just as strong as the first even. Punisher season two, I'm still kind of in the middle of watching. Mm-hmm. It's okay. It's interesting. But like Jessica Jones season two was really weird. Mm-hmm. Luke Cage season two was a little bit better. Like they all were varying degrees of mm-hmm. quality. Iron Fist season two, I started watching it and it was, I liked it more than season one, but still it didn't pull me through. As much. I know, I know, Jeff loved it. Yeah, They're, but you know, you, you got to take that with a grain of salt because because Jeff is Jeff because before Jeff was like missing our podcast, Reggie was still Nintendo. Yeah, thanks Jeff. Thanks Jeff. Thanks Jeff. <laughs> Slacker, damn it, Jeff. You know, you 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 can slack off. Not coming here, but you've got enough time to <laughs> fuck with Reggie. <laughs> what the hell? I don't know. But yeah, so we'll see what happens with that stuff, if anything else. But hey, at least they're still on Netflix. You can still go back and watch them and catch up if you haven't already. So yeah. They're well, still like, there. like I need to. Because yeah. I still haven't watched I don't know Jessica Jones or anything. I, I, there's, there's a lot. <laughs> I, well, I, I know, and 
I got to get through it yeah. just because I, I want to so bad. Yeah. <laughs> so with that being said, we will catch back up with you next time. Hopefully in a week, but Hopefully. we'll see. <laughs> uh, until then, you can yell at us on the internet. You can catch us on Twitter at Bits and Pieces Show. I am also at Bruce Wayne Brady. I'm at Crazy John T. And you can tweet at that, that Jeff Dixon, just the word slacker. Yeah, that's all he needs. That's, that's all he needs in his life. <laughs> just being reminded of what a slacker he is. That's all he needs. Uh, and tell him to bring Reggie back. Yeah, yes, yes. Hashtag thanks, Jeff. <laughs> we'll see you next time.